This is Inside Purple and Gold. Please like, subscribe, download this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think our, our great producer, Spencer, said we're finally on Google Podcasts now. So you get on Google Podcasts, bring us up. Apple, we're on there. Spotify, we're on there. Wherever you get your podcasts, we'll be there. You, you follow us and and we'll be along for this roller coaster ride that, that that's been a lot more highs than lows so far. But Tom, we were super optimistic in, in, in the first segment. So let's be a little pessimistic. Let's lean into the Minnesota sports a little bit here. It 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 has been effective, but it has been ugly at times. And I think mm-hmm. you made the point. If you continue to win on the margins, you're going to lose eventually. Um, heading into like the next, I don't think it's the stretch run yet because mm-hmm. you know that's probably the final month of the season. But this large middle chunk of the season, what is your biggest concern about this team? Because I have one, um, but I'm curious what 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 your biggest concern is right now, looking at the team as it's currently constructed. To be a, a little focused here, the I want to see the Cardinals push them. I, that Cardinals game last year just sticks out in my mind so much. I went out there, um, watched it. It was like, it was basically like a home game. I heard the Miami one was kind of like this too, where there's so many like snowbirds and whatever people would just right. go out there. Cause it's right. weather. Right. Um, and, uh, but I was like, it was so fun. Cause you kind of had half and half Cardinals did something. You hear a roar of the crowd Vikings do something. You hear the roar of the crowd. And obviously Joseph missed that kick. And I always kind of thought back and I was like, man, I, Zimmer probably always would revert to going back to this weird old school offense, but like if they win that game, are they less inclined to do that? Because it's not O'Connell, but like Clint Kubiak actually showed signs of like what O'Connell's doing, moving guys around to create holes for Dalvin cook, like getting guys open by manipulating the defense. Uh, Cousins was great in that game. Like he was down the stretch and that gets forgotten because they lost. Um, and we haven't seen the offense push past 30 here. I want to see what happens both from an offense and defensive standpoint. Does I think the Ed Donatel thing is actually doing what it's supposed to, where it's like, it's supposed to like bend and not break. Mm-hmm. Now who knows, maybe that'll get tested by a really good team here in the next couple of weeks. And we'll go, Oh, you can't give up that much yardage and not give up that many points. Um, but like it hasn't happened yet. And it feels like the O'Connell offense should be more productive. And I just, I think, when you're playing a bad Saints team and they don't punish you for your mistakes, you can go, you can kind of almost play conservatively because you're like, well, we're allowed multiple chances. We just can't screw up a lot of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. And I think like, um, I just, I, I don't, like, as I said, I don't really believe in Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals, whatever, but like they're capable of scoring. I actually want to see the same game again and see what this team does, because that's my curiosity. What happens when they play a team that really pushes them and makes them, play out of their comfort zone do do they look suddenly like the zimmer team again or is this where they break through and look more like the mcveigh model yeah and i think more more along that point is like even if you do get past the arizona cardinals and and look the cardinals are a disaster i don't believe in cliff kingsbury but like you said like they have kyler murray he's he's someone who is going to be so unorthodox in the way he plays the position that it's going to push the Vikings in a way I think they haven't been pushed really since since week two against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and we all saw how that went. That's not a walkover victory over, over the Arizona Cardinals, but coming out of your bye, I think you should win that game. And then you should beat the Washington Commanders on the road. They suck. <laughs> what, what I'm really looking forward to is seeing the Buffalo Bills game because I think to your point about the Cardinals and you want to see the Cardinals push them, that is, I think, the first time on the schedule if – 
things go according to plan. Look, if the Vikings keep playing the way they had through six weeks, they could lose to the Cardinals. They could even lose to Washington. But if they take care of business and they're 7-1 and one going into Buffalo, I'm curious to see how this team competes against a top-tier, perhaps Super Bowl cont- like the Super Bowl contender in the league. No doubt one of the best teams in the league in Buffalo, what many consider to be the Super Bowl favorite. I'm curious to see how the Vikings respond to that type of challenge because like you said, and my concern with this team heading in the rest of the way is the defense. I, I, I don't blame Ed Donatel here because I think you go on Vikings Twitter during any sort of Sunday game, Monday game, Thursday game, whatever it will be for the rest of the season. The, the coaches on the couch are going to say, what is Ed Donatel doing? Like, are you, why are you just letting them, the opposing team get chunk yards over the middle or chunk yards down the sideline. That is like you said, Tom, the the design of this defense, it's the personnel. It's like, we don't have the corners to go press man, or we don't have the personnel to get, you know, a dominant pass rush unless we're playing a porous offensive line, like, like the Miami dolphins. This is who the Vikings have on defense. And this is the way they're going to have to win. They're going to have to win by giving up a lot of yards, hoping that they don't give up a lot of points because either they're opportunistic with their turnovers or the other team's quarterback gets impatient and, and makes a mistake. That is the, the name of the game with, with this shell coverage defense. It's bend, don't break. However, inherently, when things bend, eventually they break. <laughs> so that is my biggest concern here heading into to the second half. And, and I, I think we'll see some of that maybe come to light against a quarterback with the dynamic abilities of, of Kyler Murray. I don't know if he's actually a good quarterback, but I know mm-hmm. he's a dynamic one. Um, and I think it'll definitely come to light in that two game swing with, with Buffalo on the road and then Dallas back at home with, with, with a healthy Dak Prescott. Uh, I'm just curious to see th- th- how the defense responds in these big matchups. There's not a lot of big matchups on the schedule. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Tom, like, the schedule is pretty easy. The Vikings should be a playoff team running away, but I, I am curious to see how the defense holds up against a good one. And I guess the other curiosity I have is everyone said like the Patriots would just use the first four games as their preseason, the actual yeah. football games that count. Yeah. Right. And like, we know, and I advocated for this, like the Vikings did not r- risk a lot in the preseason. I think it was more, how do we trend on the roster? Is there any kind of like hidden gem here, you know, mm-hmm. in, in developmental stuff. And, um, I mean, six games and a lot of a lot of time here. But like, just watching the NFL, like every Thursday game, it's been pretty terrible outside of the first one. I thought uh, Buffalo, Kansas City would be better. And watching that first half, I was like, I think I'm just wasting my time. Like, what am I doing? Uh, and I think, I mean, the I mean the the Broncos are just like some other kind of dysfunction. But even that, like, you would be like man, isn't like this, this Herbert team that has this young coach, aren't they supposed to be like more fun, like more right. football? Yeah. So it's not. And I know the Vikings keep beating that drum of like every game comes down to the possession. We practice situational stuff. You do have to do that. I don't know because they haven't really played good teams outside. Obviously Philadelphia beat them up and, and the Packers look like a mess. Like, we don't know if that like applies in a Buffalo game in Buffalo in November. Right. We, right. we just don't yet. And I, I think that's the other thing is like, does, can they do situational when it's Buffalo Dallas, even like a well-coached Belichick team or whatever kind of coming up here. So like, um, 
that's a that's a curiosity. Also, like, are we just going to see an explosion across the NFL at some point? Like, is this just the reality we're in? Like that that football in the beginning of the year is going to look terrible, and it's not just scoring because like that Seattle Detroit game, no one looks back and was like, "Man, I'm bummed I missed that one." You know, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. like it's just there hasn't been a lot of good football yet. So the Vikings maybe have an advantage that the buy is now not just for like rest and recovery, but also for like they have a couple weeks here go back to the drawing board, kind of figure out what's going on. Um, I, I hope just for like the sake of the league, that's the case. The scariest thing is if that's the case, like Arizona could benefit from that too. You right. know what I mean? In that game and certainly Dallasville and Buffalo or whatever, but that Buffalo team that played right after the Vikings game, I was like, that team doesn't look that good. You know what I mean? Like the Vikings should be able to contain that team. So I think that, you know, obviously we're going into some unknowns here, but to their credit, as much as we keep harping on, like you can't keep winning by these margins or whatever, this is kind of what football is right now. And they are winning. It's more like, is there another gear? Is just this what the Vikings are? If this just is what the Vikings are, probably not going to be that exciting of a team. For sure. One quick one. And then, and then we'll uh, kind of talk big picture here. Adam Thielen is another person that concerns me. Um, mm-hmm. he, guys just get old sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's 32. He's going to be 33 next year. Uh, he's not bad, but he's not getting the separation that, that we've seen him get in the past. Um, he's been schemed open at times, and that's a credit to Kevin O'Connell. He, he I still do believe Adam Thielen can be a good complementary football player in this offense to kind of find the open zones when, when teams are doubling, sometimes tripling Justin Jefferson. I think Kevin O'Connell is smart enough to develop schematic route combinations to get Adam Thielen open. But, and this is anecdotal. I, I know like if I look at every route Adam Thielen's run this year, he he's won at times, but when you're one-on-one most of the time, like Adam Thielen of old wins consistently you can't single him up because he dominates with his route running his quickness um you know in, in short spaces that's not the case this year he's 29 catches 284 yards two touchdowns and it's just like he's just fine right now and i, and I don't know if that's going to be good enough right it, like moving forward when teams say we're not letting justin jefferson beat us and and that's a, that's a tough ask like you could say that and justin jefferson could still go out and put 100 on your head but like when teams scheme Justin Jefferson out of the game or do everything in their power to, to scheme Justin Jefferson out of the game. I don't know if Adam Thielen is someone that is going to take advantage of that one-on-one matchup in the, in the way he has in the past. Um, I don't know that he won't, like you said, maybe this is just a ramp up period for the entire NFL, including players individually, but there have been things throughout the first six weeks that have concerned me about Adam Thielen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it... He's so hard to predict because, like, there's nothing like him, right? I mean, he's like a guy from Detroit Lakes who played D2 ball and obviously walked on the team. Everyone knows the story. But, like, just like what he did against Carolina as as a special teams player or whatever, mm-hmm. you would have been like – we would have looked back and been like, that was crazy that guy did that, right? And the fact that he reached the heights that he did kind of around that miracle team, right, kind of the peak Vikings under Zimmer, you were like – well, we don't know what his ceiling is because, like, what's the comp for Adam Thielen? So – uh I think, I guess I, there was some certainty with me that he would be this good route runner, that he'd be a red zone threat late in his career, that he could kind of string out, I guess, like a longer career than maybe we'd expect just because like he is 
a technically good route runner and he's like you know clearly like athletic enough to have the the peak that he had and you know teams are probably going to give him the benefit of the doubt not just obviously the minnesota connection which matters but like he is a leader like he he's not going to become a locker room problem and that's not something you can say about a lot of receivers a lot of teams probably don't want an old receiver on their on their team complaining about touches when they're not the number one guy anymore the problem is he may be ascending or descending to like a a three like a serviceable serviceable player but he still has a couple cap hits left um you know or at least he has like kind of a unique contract here and uh and it's like KJ Osborne isn't ready to step in to be the two. You know, we just haven't seen that yet. And I actually thought Osborne was kind of progressing. This last game, if I remember right, Cousins looked to him in some critical spots and he yeah. messed up. So did Justin Jefferson. So, you know, whatever. He wasn't the only guy. But um, they need like a true number two. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Thielen because these teams aren't good enough. Arizona might be. Certainly, like you look at New England and Dallas and and the Bills. Like, they're good enough to take out Justin Jefferson. That is like Belichick in a nutshell, right? Makes you play left-handed. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of pressure on guys we didn't – I don't know if we expected a ton of pressure on Irv. There will be on, on you know, KJ Osborne. We didn't, and, and Thielen almost we took for granted that he was like almost number one that just was passed by a transcendent talent. Now it looks like – is he a number two? It's a very different question. For sure. All right, we'll go to break there. And then when we come back, we're going to talk just kind of big picture expectations. The Vikings are 5-1 and one entering their bye week. They're actually in the midst of their bye week right now. They won't play on Sunday. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about you know what to expect throughout the rest of the season.